1: This is the High Hopes Podcast. High hope. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, yo, yo,
0: it is a very depressed edition of the High Hopes podcast. I am sitting in my basement right now, looking at a little monitor with my daughter, hoping I don't wake her up. So, I I, I want to scream, Jack. I want to scream, but waking up Zoe is the one thing that is keeping me from screaming, Jack.
1: That sure is a that was definitely a subdued uh, yo. It is. It was, it-
0: <laughs> hey, what was the worst series of the season? Worst series of this season.
1: That was a very serious, yo, it is. It was a very like, listen, this is a this is a we mean business uh I hopes podcast.
0: Well, it has to be. Like we we are we are optimistic, positive guys and and we look for the best. We're also not but blind. I mean, exactly. Sometimes you have to be honest and real and this is one of those times like they sucked.
1: Is that it? That's all you got should we just cancel the podcast now?
0: I'm going to no? Like I, I just was, you know, I, you know, I didn't want to interrupt you. I look, Jack. I think that, and we're gonna get into a lot of this, but like for me at least, like the way they looked, obviously the fifteen to one game in, in Atlanta. We talked about it, just a, a pathetic effort. Yeah. And and then for them to have two nights off to let that stew and to let that sink in, and they came out with that. Dog crap effort in both games, two runs, and I know you're facing Scherzer in the second, uh, two runs on the day, and just uh, the the bullpen is a mash unit that, that uh, the majority of guys don't even belong on a major league roster right now, and... Uh, they they were just lifeless. And, and, and today they showed like a little bit of, by the way, we're recording it at, at right around midnight after the game tonight yeah. after Jack Schiff, but, um, the game tonight, you know, they, they, they showed a little spunk at times, but ultimately just another crappy showing at the bullpen yet again, crappy and just not enough offense to, to win games. And I, I, I just, you know, and I want to get into the Kapler-Segura thing because that upsets me a lot as well, but just in terms of, of on-the-field play, effort in a big spot, coming off the, the worst loss of the season and a 15-to-1 debacle in, in the span of three games in Atlanta, to just to give that effort there, especially with all the stuff surrounding the team with the Segura-Kapler stuff, I just... It was a, a the the most disappointing series of the season, and and for the first time all year, I, I totally thought this team was going to win the division, and I absolutely don't anymore. Like if I'm betting money on who's winning the NL East, I'm betting
1: on the Braves. JT Realmuto for Forrest Whitley, who says no. Oh man. Oh
0: God, stop it. For Whitley. has he even been? Go- I I know he was struggling He's to start the year. Oh, okay, there you go. J.T. For- Mundo
1: for Alex Verdugo. Who says no?
0: Oh man, Jack, we
1: selling? Jack, Jack
0: stop, stop. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like you like uh, uh, look. You do have to have patience. They are not even halfway through the season, but you know there there are real issues with this team right now.
1: Oh my god, dude! It's like like this whole this last. Well, now they have a negative run differential, which is unbelievable. Dude, they they entered into this road trip, I think this is this like they were up four games and now they're down four games in the division like that's 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 where we're at like this this whole run right now feels just like september 2018 like i was watching these games and i was like this is september all over again but the difference between that team and this team is i don't know uh, a 330 million dollar right fielder who's now our leadoff hitter and is 70 something in home runs that's that's our right fielder right now we have a, a, a catcher who is has an ops of like 750 um that is now our five hitter we have a first baseman who, again, he is a a streaky hitter that has been in an absolute slump for hmm, over a month now. He's got, what, three home runs since the Brewer series where he had two in that one series, and uh, his expected batting average and slugging percentage is that of, like, brutally average major league players. Um, we have Jay Bruce is our starting left fielder. We have a starting rotation, which our number three in NL Cy Young voting last year is pitching like an actual number three, where Pete McCannon predicted a couple years ago, which is absolutely shocking. We have Jake Arrieta, who's making, I don't know, $25 million a year. He's been absolute garbage outside of the one national start. We have a bullpen where Edibar Ramos, who uh, had the lowest ERA amongst our bullpen relievers last year, is coming into one-run games. Uh, we are throwing in the towel by bringing in Cole Irvin down three one against that Na- or down three we three one at that point uh against yeah, three one Nash- so, you're essentially just throwing in the towel there, giving a one big middle finger to the front office by pitching Cole Irvin in any semblance of a baseball game. You have Michael Franco, who is an eight hole hitter that everyone thought was going to set the world on fire. Instead of upgrading from him and maybe bringing in a Mike Moustakis, we're, we're sticking with Mike uh, Michael Franco, who blows. And now Scott Kingery is having to play both third base and center field. Scott Kingery, who last year was batting 227 with a 277 OBP, is our best offensive player, which is. Absolutely absurd. Uh, the, the the offense has been inconsistent for two years. I mean, we're a year and a half into the John Maley era. This this offense has been maddening on a night in, night out basis. They have not fought like they they this th- there's been when they go down and they are not front running, they are a they, they have not shown the ability to ever muster up the energy to go play a baseball game. Um it's it's absolutely crazy. It's been a year and a half where it's like it's like there's just it's like there's there's not there's not enough fight from this team if they don't come back on Saturday against the Braves this is a like just an even more epic disaster like they're in such a a bad position and listen if they don't come out and show some fight and show some pride or whatever against the Marlins this weekend. And someone's getting fired on Monday. Like there's no doubt about it. John John Middleton did not invest this kind of money into this team. He did not bring in Bryce Harper. He did not authorize all these trades they made this offseason. He did not make all those moves to, to have a floundering team. He did not make all those moves for their starting shortstop, two weeks removed from uh from from the McCutcheon injury to to not hustle second base and then not get benched the day after. He didn't pay all that money in trades and all that fun stuff. To watch this team just completely fall apart and melt down right in front of his eyes. Like, he did not pay that much money for that, okay? So, if they don't come out and play well against the Marlins, I'm sorry. Someone's losing their job. I don't think it's V. Kapler. I think it would start with John Maley and work their way down from there. But, like, th- that's how important this Marlins series is. So, like, we'll see what this team has. We'll see if they have any fight. Because, like, it's, it's, ab- it's it is unbelievable how embarrassing this national series was. I don't care if it was Scherzer. Uh, scherzer's fine whatever corbin made them look like look like little boys out there and then uh, eric fetty who blows (laughs) looks actually decently competent tonight against this this philly's offense it's it's not good it is brutal um and it's just it's not a it's not a good time there's the hopes they are not high
0: no man it's crazy because the hopes are low and you said so much I agree with. I can't even keep up with it, A- especially, um, you know, the the last point there. I-, I think you're dead on that, that the importance of this Marlins series. And I, I think absolutely, like you said, I think it would be mainly before Kepler, but Not only do I think someone's job is on the line this series, I think someone's job should be on the line this series. At what point do we have to say, hey, John Maley, for example, you're not cutting it. This offense is, what, 24th in homers, like 18th or 19th in OPS. They're not even top. Like, they're 15th in OBP. Like, the thing that they're supposed to be built to do, they're 15th in the league at it. I, I mean, they are... Not even in the top half, you know, they're right there at the top half. Uh, they are just uh, uh, so incredibly disappointing, and th- I think that that's the thing is when look, there's a lot of blame to go around, and and we're gonna get to the Sigurd Kapler thing in a, in a couple because obviously that's been like the the predominant story of the weekend. We both agree uh, with with at least the the thought process prior. We were in the same page, uh, not with Kappler, but um, but I think that. When you look at the blame to go around this team right now, I, I think that, you know, Kapler deserves some uh, less, though, I would say, than than the players themselves. I mean, there are so many guys who are underperforming. And like you said, Glentag has left some holes on the roster, not upgrading <laughs> some from holes. Jesus. Yeah, some some massive holes. I but mean... at the same time, you know. If Aaron Nola's Aaron Nola, if Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper, if any of the guys you listed offensively as themselves, anyone other than Scott Kingery and Jay Bruce came to play, like they are more talented. They shouldn't be this bad is my point. And I do think, look, they need to make moves. They need to upgrade. They had some some big misevaluations, but they weren't the only ones who thought Pavetta was going to be really good, right? I mean, they weren't the only ones who expected Aaron Nola to be a, a consistent, you know, a successful pitcher so I, I think that there's a blame to go around and obviously the bad like with the bullpen just the, the a lot of bad luck that they've had there too with the injuries is that is um, again it's uh, JD Hammer, Edgar Garcia you know there's so many guys in this penny who really don't belong on, on a major league roster right now and as we said look we said it at the time and I think there were there were a fair amount of people who kind of questioned it not necessarily the high hopes nation but you know the people who who kind of talked about it on Twitter and stuff like that 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 losing McCutcheon was potentially the type of blow that that pretty much ruined their chances to win the World Series that kind of ended effectively that dream this season and and I think people are like oh it's just one player oh, and I, I don't I just think that right now and and again I, I, anything can happen in baseball and all that but I, losing McCutcheon was such a massive blow to this team, and they have really not recovered since Jack.
1: Well, they haven't shown they haven't shown the same level of of fight since the McCutcheon injury. Like and I think McCutcheon, what made him so great for this team was like he had the level of professionalism, and now like he wasn't on this road trip. I mean, he's tweeting like you and I. Like, like Andrew McCutcheon is doing what we're doing. He's just sitting on his he's couch. He's so
0: relatable. Like I, I see his tweets and I'm just like, man. You're the best, dude. <laughs> Yo, I wish you were playing right now.
1: But you know what this team needed on this road trip? They needed Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, that's a guy that that like I think he was holding a lot of guys in that clubhouse accountable. I know he's not the most, you know, fiery guy, but he's a guy that would be I I I would sense that he would be a guy that'd be like, yo, like, let's go a little bit. Like, let's figure this out. I mean
0: a guy who commands respect.
1: Right. I mean, I mean we talked about this a lot when it happened, but I mean before that Rocky series, uh, he wasn't playing that well. And then he was the first one out there on that Friday before that, and he was getting extra work in. And that kind of set the tone for that team. And him going down, they lost their leadoff hitter. I mean Andrew McCutcheon at that point, at the point of the Andrew McCutcheon injury, he was playing his way into all star consideration. Uh, He was playing a very like he was going to be their center field. Like imagine this team right now if McCutcheon can can take down center field every day and then you have Kingery at third base. Like that's a that's a pretty decent way to go about this. Now you have Kingery in center field and then if you don't want to play Franco, then you're playing Brad Miller or Sean Rodriguez. Like that's where we're at with this team. So like there's so much like people are just trying to blame everything on Gabe Kapler and like it's it's getting ridiculous and I'm if they move on from Gabe, like if he's, if he's the guy that gets canned after this weekend, uh, like I'll obviously be disappointed, but it's not like, this is just not Gabe's fault. Like Gabe is working. Like he's trying to polish a turd right now. That's basically what he's trying to do. Like the bullpen is in shambles. The lineup is not nearly where it was supposed to be. The players in the lineup have completely underperformed. Aaron Nola has not been Aaron Nola. He's tried to trust Aaron Nola this year and Aaron Nola hasn't given him the trust that he needs. Like, He's trying to to change and trying to become this you know not totally analytical manager but like the analytics work and there's a reason why there's the the analytics are there and like there's just no reason like it's like he tries to do one thing and then the exact opposite happens right now and i I, it, I don't want to, like, I can't believe it. like they won five straight after the McCutcheon injury and since then it's been an absolute disaster yeah, eight um, of ten they've lost. So it's the I don't want to say McCutcheon injury, but it, it did. I mean the numbers are the numbers at this point. They're just there's not the same level of professionalism. There's not like he was getting like Andrew McCutcheon before he got hurt was getting clutch hits when this team needed it, playing a very solid defense, being an elite based runner, like doing everything this team needed to win ball games. And I, I it's it sucks. And I honestly like I don't even remember the last time a significant like Philly got hurt for the rest of the season like do you remember the, i don't even remember the last time this even happening like obviously the howard injury happened but that was at the end yeah of the, year. the
0: howard injury but that was at the end but that that you know tore into the next season but um <clears> hmm <throat> uh, it's like a good question Lannin, i'm sure but it's that happened was, and we're not remembering but but at the moment i can't but i, I certainly i think that i i definitely agree with you on kapler I, I think that you know i think Obviously, I think the players themselves and then and then Klintak deserve more blame than Kappler. I think you could even argue that John Middleton, by his refusal to go over the luxury tax, deserves more blame than Kapler. And I mean, cause when you look at, at the the Phillies and the Braves, and we're gonna get back to Kappler right after this point, but when you look at the Phillies and the Braves, the Braves have Way more talent at the major league level that is high end. I mean, Acuna and Freeman are, are better than anyone on the Phillies. We've talked about that before. They just are. And Acuna's 21 and the next great player in the game. Albies is a great young player. Austin Riley has come up and dominated. They have like 7,000 young pitchers who are top 100 prospects, it seems. Like they just keep churning out the Sorokas and the Freeds and all these guys. Like the only advantage that the Phillies have right now. Over the Braves, this season, moving forward over the next five years, is that they're a big boy and the Braves aren't. They can be a big boy. They can go out and spend money. They can go out and be, you look back at 2011, they were the third highest payroll in baseball. They were like that throughout that whole run when they won a World Series. Like, that's the thing is... is they are behind from from what they've come into they're behind in terms of, of the way their system is and and the ability to kind of build a roster like the Braves are going to and have but they have more resources jack and and i think that that's the the biggest way that they can compete with you know like comparatively to with a team that just has way more resources and assets right now both at the major league level and and
1: lower but back well, I mean, to the, Kepler. The, no, the Braves are essentially what we feared the Celtics were. Right? Yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: they are and they went to the playoffs last year and now we're doing it again. Like that and and are full of young talent and again, Acuña is, you know, provided for injury in my opinion as sure a thing at the age of 21 as we've seen since Mike Trout. So you know, uh, he's, he's, he's going to be a superstar. He already is a superstar. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, but. Well, the only, the, Cap- the only
1: saving grace, the only saving grace in the whole thing is that Johnny Amraz was the one that signed both Acuna and Ozzy Albies. And obviously he's here with us now. And I, right. and I, I, I totally hear you where you're coming from with the, with the Braves thing. And. And how they've developed young talent, and this is just this is just once again I want to stress this because I think it's important, even though we're being negative. But is that Ruben Amaro left the team with absolute absolutely nothing from a player development standpoint? I mean, from 2003 to 2000, like like the who was the last Phillies first round pick to make the majors after Hamels? It was like Joe Savory. Like Yeah, like it the, was Joe Savory Like Or maybe Gavin Floyd and then Joe Savory or whatever. Like they were so barren from it, from a talent and, and developmental standpoint. And they're starting like they're literally only three years into it or four years into it at this point. Like he was hired in 2015. 2016 was his first season. All that. Like he's just like it's it's very early in the process of building up a Farm system and and the and like. They had to build an analytics staff from absolutely nothing to get it to where it is now. I, I feel like they're just starting to to turn out talent, and if you look at the prospects in the minor leagues, like or in the farm system there's there's talent that is starting to to figure it out a little bit so um they've invested a lot of money in it they should they should invest everything in it i mean there's no salary cap on player development so agree a hundred percent so whatever you can do it's more like listen that stuff is more important than spending money in free agency and trying to fix holes with free agents like there's a reason why teams let those players hit free agency right i mean that's the old adage so you need to you need to develop and player development should be your main focus, and I think they're starting to do a good job of that. I'm, I'm very happy with Josh Bonifay, O-Chart, obviously. I just realized they brought in more driveline pitching guys, which I didn't think they had any driveline pitching guys, but they brought in driveline pitching guys, which is all I care about. And, uh, and yeah, but the, the Braves right now are what we feared the Celtics were, and now the Celtics are falling apart.
0: Yes, and I agree. I think the Phillies are are have turned the corner and have a a brighter future than we thought they'd have years ago. But as of right now and for the next few years, like it it takes time for that stuff to
1: develop. But I, I do hey, agree with you. Maybe find some pitchers that can strike guys out. And how about that? <laughs> That'd be nice, you know. Alright, I mean, right. I'd
0: take him. I take him. Un- I don't know. I take him.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Uh, Alright. Let's get to it. The, and the Kepler thing, and it's so funny really quickly just because when you talked about if it is Kapler and and obviously the, the name that everyone always goes to is Joe Girardi. I, I just think it's so funny the like misnomer out there that people think that Joe Girardi isn't an analytics guy when he's a big time analytics guy and used analytics heavily when he was with the Yankees. So
1: well, I called him uh, binder Joe for a weird. reason.
0: Yes, I, I think it's really funny how a lot of people don't – like people always call WIP and they're like, oh, get Girardi, he's a baseball guy. And it's like, Kapler's a baseball guy too. Uh, he played in the league for a long time and they both like analytics, but whatever. Uh, all right, Kaplan and Segura, because, look, we both were, were pretty aligned here. Uh, and there's a lot of pushback. It felt like, you know, I tweeted something to the effect of, you know, because we both believe that that Segura should have been benched for uh, the game tonight, and we'll, you, we we could break down why. But but just on a basic level, I, I tweeted that that just because uh, just because Segura homered doesn't mean that he, that him not being benched was still the right decision. But I'm obviously happy homered, and I you know I want the Phillies to win. I was happy that it happened, but. Um, process over results is, is pretty much what I'm saying. But Jack, what was what was your thought process behind? You know, again, we are both not people who freak out over the hustle thing too often. But what was your thought process behind saying that that he had to to sit?
1: Well, it would have been more effective if 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 he benched him last night, like when it happened. Like let him finish the inning and then. Agree, agree, yes, A- like Very that. Good point. That would have sent the message. I, I, I and listen, I,
0: but just what Charlie did with Jimmy back in the day, by the way.
1: Yeah. And listen, I, I, there, if there's one thing I'm worried about with Gabe is I'm worried that, that, that locker room thinks that they can just walk o- all over him. And then, and then if they mess up, it's like, ah, whatever. Like he won't do anything about it. Like he's, I'm worried that he's such a players guy that it almost like, like it, the guys are just like, ah, oh, well, he'll have our back anyway or whatever. And at some point you need your Charlie Manuel and Jimmy Rollins moment. You need your Doug Peterson and Cincinnati moment. I mean Doug Peterson in Cincinnati ripped his players to the media after the game and he was and people thought he was starting to lose the locker room and then that moment happened and it, it righted the ship. Everyone everyone was like, "All right, Doug means business." Like at some point a player's manager has to mean business. And you can be a player's manager but also also, not get run over by your team, and I think they respect him. But they're not, and there's no fear level with Gabe Kapler. And like, and this is the second year in a row, like the second year in a row that we've seen this team kind of just go through these long spurts of looking like they don't give a crap or looking disinterested. And like, you don't think if, if Hoskins and Harper are walking that clubhouse today and they see Segura not in the lineup, they're like, oh man, Gabe really means business this time. Like, I think that, I think they could have sent a a a good message to the rest of the locker room. Like, we're not going to put up with this. Because, like, he said yesterday after the game, like, we all understand that this is not this is not the way we play baseball here or whatever. Like, he understood or whatever. But, like, you can only say that for so much without the guys, like, not responding to it. You know what I mean? So, like, I was just frustrated from the standpoint of, like, it was an easy moment to do it. Like, like you have you have Segura, who hasn't even been playing well recently – and you, he does this again for the second time in in two weeks. Makes like Gabe got essentially chewed out by Angelo on the air, and 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 just completely chewed out. And and Gabe stood up for the guy, and that's how that's how he responds to that. Like that's his response is I'm going to do it again and knock it on second base. And if you get on second base there, they probably score in the first inning against Max Scherzer, who is the best pitcher on the planet. So it it. it it's just, a, I'm worried that the locker room feels like they can get away with not hustling and not playing the right way, mistakes in the base pass. Because Gabe is such a, a, player's, a player's guy, because he was a player, He's trying to do the right thing. Like, the great managers have a, a a balance of both, and I feel like he's almost so far in the one direction of, players, I always got your back, to where it just makes him look like a fool when they don't respond to that. I, it, it was a... It was a frustrating, frustrating uh, non-benching. I understand they have to win every game. They need to win this game tonight. But I think it's more important to get the locker room and clubhouse kind of back on the same message than have Gene Segura play tonight. I know he hit the home run and made the great defensive play, but it's only one game in June. But I think the locker room almost needed an attitude adjustment.
0: I million percent agree with you. I, 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 it's so funny because this is a pod where we're, we're, were uh, way more negative than normal, but it's the one where I've agreed with the most things you've said, ever. Well, I,
1: I haven't think. got to the Bavetta star yet, so we, uh, we got
0: <laughs> yeah. Some time. Good point. Good point. That we can finally disagree, but yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I think there's a word that comes to mind for me. It's accountability. You know, it's there has to be accountability in that locker room especially in such a public situation with Segura's first non-running instant where, you know, look, you and I came on this, this podcast and defended Segura. We, we said that, you know, we get, I can't, and you still can't blame that guy for, for McCutcheon's ACL. No, that, no, you know, that I'm not going to do that. No chance. There are a million things that can happen that caused that, that, that could have, or could have not happened. Whatever is, you know, if he doesn't move a certain way, whatever, like that's crazy. But, you know he should have run there. There's no question, and for it to be such a public thing, and then for this to happen, and again, this isn't a situation where it was like seven nothing and he hit like a pop up. This is the first play of the game, like first at bat of the game, like th- that's outrageous. He has to be running there. I, I so uh, from no other purpose than like you have to send a message to your locker room that that type of behavior is unacceptable. And I know that winning games is important, but having a locker room culture that that matters is is more important in the long haul especially in a sport where there are so many games and it's such a grind and that stuff is so important I I think you are dead on Jack I, it really bothered me and I don't I don't care at all that's a girl homer am I happy homered was I happy in the moment thinking oh wow the Phillies might not lose this game uh, yeah I, that was awesome I was happy in the moment but that still doesn't mean that what I believed before, I still don't believe. He should have been benched, period. Like, he just should have been. Especially, and I just can't, I really can't get over it. It just feels so soft from Gabe. As someone who is, you know, this podcast has been incredibly pro-Gabe. We're Gabe guys, all that stuff. But I, I just, I was really disappointed. I was disappointed with Gabe Kapler. Uh, today in, in that decision. And you're right. If he had pulled him out of that game, that would have been, uh, as it happened, that would have been a perfect move. That would have been the, and he would have been essentially missing a full game anyway. Um, but I, it, it just, the, the, the whole thing really bothered me. It makes me feel like Kapler doesn't have command to do that. And I know that, that baseball locker rooms are a weird place in the sense that, Like Gabe Kapler's probably making what, like one tenth as much money as Gene Segura. You know, I mean, there there are those weird power dynamics, and Kapler doesn't have any sort of long term credibility as a manager. So I don't know how all that stuff works, and I understand that maybe there are certain things you can and can't do, but ultimately, if Kapler's not going to be able to bench a guy in a situation like this. Like what kind of power does he have? Like you know, what what can he really do Uh, at this point? It's almost like all right, JT, go talk to Segura and make sure that shit never that make sure that never happens again. You know, I I just, I I just, I I I was really, I was really, I've been really frustrated with this whole situation because it just felt like one of those situations where everybody knew that Segura needed to be benched there. Like if the entire WIP audience, Philly's fan base, everyone on Twitter, you and me as pro Gabe as not worried about hustling stuff as we are. If every single person out there, at least for the most part, I know there are a lot of people who you know would just argue that that the best players should be out there, but the vast
1: majority, no, they haven't have been in locker rooms. You know, they don't have they've yeah. been around teams or played baseball. Yeah. Those people. I,
0: I, I think those, I think at that point, like how could the locker room not feel that way? At least a portion of the locker room, right? How could some of those guys not feel the same way everyone else here feels that, that you got to do something. You can't just let you get run over. If you're an authority figure for the team, you're the manager, you're the guy in charge of that locker room. Like as much as you want to be their friend, as much as you want to be a player's coach, like- you have to be the authority figure at some point or else it's it's all going to go to hell. Like If if he can't do this, I, I don't know how much faith I have that he can do what's needed to turn this team around. I hope he can. I believe in the talent if they can turn it around, but yeah, I, I, it, it's really uh, – and, and I still believe in Gabe's tactical abilities, but I'm really disappointed, man. Disappointed is the word that I come up with.
1: Yeah, and – I and I I'm sure Gabe listens to the podcast and I would just like Sorry
0: Gabe, I love you, man, but I, would just I like, gotta keep it real.
1: I would like to say to Gabe right now, like that is not sustainable. Like the way you're trying to do this right now and not benching Segura and whatever, like like that's not sustainable. That is not gonna lead to long term managerial success in major league baseball because baseball players are not stupid. They know when they're being BSed. And and like I can just imagine Harper being like, "Yo, dude, why, why is he not out of the game? Like that's ridiculous. We need more from him." I'm just saying that they, that's not, it's not, it's not going to last long term. Like you're not going to have a job for a long time if the locker room doesn't respect you, and if you're starting to lose that locker room, I, I, I I'm worried for him. And the the one frustrating part for me again, lasting on the Segura thing, is like this team is playing like crap on the road. They need some kind of tone setter and like that's that's not a good tone to set because it just brings down the whole brings down the whole locker room brings down the whole clubhouse bring brings down the dugout like like you need a tone setter you need a little bit of an energy to kind of get you going game to a double header and it was a perfect opportunity for it get on second base there make something happen and nothing absolutely nothing well,
0: especially because it wasn't like a no doubt about it like it wasn't like a it wasn't the Kinsler the play it wasn't the Kinsler like- play it, who doesn't run that out? Like it was, it's just crazy to me. It, I, um, that's my big Like, I, it's just, it's so frustrating that this guy could, a, a, again, after such a public, not running it out in this city where like, whatever people want to say, like it does matter. And I don't want my, again, ma- my manager making decisions based on public pressure or anything like that. Like, I don't want that. But at the same time, like, this is a city where we really care about certain things and we really care about guys giving effort. And when there are two like high profile situations like this, where, you know, the entire city is going to be like incensed about it. Like, like I just, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't want them to make decisions based on that, but I also think that there should be a the, the city should have a the the Philly should have a feel of the city, like they they want to be tough and blue collar and they play aggressive and all that. But like you know, the, if they're not going to run the ball out, and I know that we again we're not hustle you know people like that, but I mean if you're not going to run out the first fly ball of the game. Like the first fly ball of the game, like you're not going to run that out as the leadoff hitter against Max Scherzer, like you said in game two of a doubleheader. Like, ah, it bugs me, man. It bugs me.
1: Well, I think we're realizing why uh, Segura's been on four teams in five years. I mean, yeah,
0: well, he had that fight with D. Gordon, right? And, and, you know, you want to say, oh, well, Segura's our guy now. I'm sure it was D's fault. But, you know, D. Gordon seems like a pretty good dude. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm just uh it's frustrating, Jack.
1: Yeah, it's it was uh it was it was very frustrating and it's ultimately probably not gonna be in a big deal. Like I I think this team still has a running them. Like I think they're just too talented and listen, we like we'll see how much they fight. Like this is a weekend where like just go bludgeon the marlins. Like like go set a tone. Tomorrow's Utley night. You know, tomorrow's Chase Utley night. Oh man, uh, how how ironic is that? Right, it's crazy. How
0: ironic is it that it's Chase Utley night tomorrow night? Oh my God, well, so, it's it's almost too perfect. I think
1: I I really think we'll learn a lot about this team, James. Like sure, there's injuries, sure, but you have you have Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, Segura, uh, JT Realmuto. You have Nola on the mound tomorrow night. Sure, you don't you don't know who's starting Saturday or Sunday, but. Uh it's one of those series where listen <laughs> prove to us prove to us you want to fight this season. Like this is this is not the time to start being lackadaisical against the Marlins and doing the same crap. Like step up and and let's 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 take down a bad team.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially look this organization Tried to set that tone with the the sending down of Pavetta, this the removing Ica from the rotation. They've they've made aggressive decisions like that. This whole team needs to adopt that mentality uh, because we just haven't seen it again. They've had it's unbelievable the amount of lifeless, listless type of performance we've seen from them at, and, and and this is like you said. I mean, it's it's funny to think that a series with the Marlins could be the biggest series of the season. Well it's
1: not really. I mean it's like a it's, No, but
0: but in terms of like if right to this moment in terms of, of perception, and obviously playing the Braves was in terms of you know standings and all this stuff, but like this this in terms of perception, like if they can't go out and, and beat up on the Marlins after what's happened after the the just debacle of the last two weeks and really obviously the last you know two series especially Um, it's just, I don't know what I can believe in this team. If, if they can't kind of bounce back from this and I agree, I think they have a run in them. I'm, I preach patience in general. It's only not even halfway through the season, but, um, they have a lot of holes and if they're not gonna, and, and they have guys underperforming, if they're not gonna at least bring effort and, Uh, You know, like a team like the Rays, who we talk about all the time, they are not the most talented team in the world, but they win on the margins. They do every little thing they can to gain an advantage, whether it's, you know, obviously like matchup based or, you know, looking at like guys who hit fastballs. There are so many different things that they do in terms of the types of guys they bring in. The trades they make are brilliant. Like, I just, like this team right now is clearly not good enough to not do all the little things well to win. And they're not doing that stuff. And, and a lot of it comes down to effort and focus and, and, you know, being, s- you know, smartly aggressive on the base paths and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, uh, you know,
1: I'm, this is too negative. All right. We, this, I'm, I'm already frustrated with how negative this podcast has been. We're good. Right. Like we're, we're good. Yeah. We don't We're need to good. talk about Look, it.
0: Anymore. I, I don't think the season's over or anything like that, but I think sometimes you have to vent, man. Sometimes you have to let it out because uh, they, it, what they've done the last couple of weeks isn't acceptable. Play, this team is way better than that. Aaron Nola, like, bro, it you're facing the Marlins at home tomorrow night. You better shove, as Jack likes to say. You better like we need that, right? I mean, is that is that fair to say that 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 Aaron <laughs> Nolan needs to show up against the the frickin' the Marlins, F yeah? <laughs> Marlins, the effing Marlins against like uh, uh, Brian Anderson being maybe like the best hitter in the lineup, Derek Cooper. I, they, like I, I, you know what I'm saying, so I, I don't think that's too much to ask. I, I need Aaron Noel to show up yeah.
1: tomorrow night. Listen, I, I think the, I think I think for me and you, I would say the most frustrating part of where this team is at uh, is the is the lifeless performances. And uh, like I, we don't think the season's over by any stretch. It's just that like they need a little kick in the kick in the pants. Like the, the it's too many it's too many lifeless performances. There's not enough energy. They're not creating their own energy. And listen, you can judging by how this last week has gone, there will be changes if they do not show up against the Marlins this weekend. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah, there and there and there should be, and they should be. What happened? To all the the high fives and the the celebrations and all the fun and all the attitude, like because they're front gone.
1: runners. That's what they are. They're front runners. They've been front runners. And, you know, for two well, seasons. Now,
0: like you said, that's what. Now we'll see what they're made of. Like seriously, now we will see what they're made of, Fritzy.
1: Final thoughts. Uh, two final thoughts. Uh, I, I if anyone mentions the six earned runs of Pavetta tonight, uh, I really <laughs> no, it's not. That. I, I just I just genu- I just generally don't think you know anything about baseball. If you're like taking away from his performance tonight, oh, he allowed six earned runs. Like, dude, he allowed uh, I'm like, with you. like they were on home runs. They were on a home run after he was out of the game. It started pouring rain. Uh, he was not good the first two innings and then settled back into the the. The Pavetta breakout that we had seen, like getting back to the fastballs or back, getting back to curveballs early in counts and getting ahead. Like he got ahead of, of nine of ten batters at one point. Like that's the the plan. He, he deviated from the plan early in the game. It was like infuriating. I was sitting here just yelling at my television. Um uh but like he pitched better than the final stat line would show if you say that oh he allowed six earned he sucks well then you're a moron you should never watch baseball ever again um and my other final Hell, jack my other final thought is James I've got a boomer I
0: knew this one. I, this was what I was expecting. Uh, How about it? Shout out, shout out. This is
1: good. This is, this is,
0: so on a, on a
1: dreary night, this is good news. Yeah, the Phillies lost. Who cares? Alec Bohm is in triple A, is in double A. He's going to be, he's making his hey. double A debut tomorrow. Uh, tough, tough night for the Phillies never promote their prospects crowd. Um, he's already up the double A. I mean, talk about a meet- there, there. there's
0: a Philly. There's a Phillies never promote their prospects. Crowd,
1: I had no idea. Oh, it's, it's everything he tweet like everything you tweet anything about the Phillies prospects. Like, well, will bring him up when he's twenty nine. <laughs> High five, bro. <laughs> I hate that person. Anyway, <laughs> me uh, too. That's good stuff. Uh, so so Bomer is uh playing in Portland tomorrow night. His his double A debut. I there's listen, man. Next May. I think it's think when we're going to get the Alec Bohm promotion. Um, I just – I can't – I'm already – We're already looking ahead. Well, I, I, I'm very excited for the Alec Bohm era. Um, he's finally starting to drive the ball a little bit. I'm I a, mean, he can't be – if they and I would never
0: advocate bringing him up now because he needs more time and all that, but – would he be worse than Franco now? No, no
1: I, 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 I honestly, I'm not even trying to like be. I, I think he's. I think right now he's better than Michael Franco. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, just based <laughs> on the raw talent alone, I think he is. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, now I have Moniak and him. By the way, Mickey Moniak. Uh, he's batting over three hundred in June, which is you know exciting. He's got a three <laughs> uh, a three eighty plus OBP in June. He's actually walked. Eight times in in June, which is like crazy because he never walks. Um, so listen, there's some there's some fight down there in the prospects. I'm excited, Jason O'Chart, the goat.
0: Look at this. So, so Jack finds a way to put put some positivity. Yeah, with, because uh, listen, this, yes.
1: this this first forty minutes a of very podcasts, mild dose of positivity. Yeah, well, um, you know, you can only handle uh, so much negativity. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, one. Rate and review the podcast. Uh, if we get to a thousand, don't, Bryce this Harper, one, you know, pot is coming. If you thought this pod was <laughs> negative, wait for the wait for the Bryce Harper's never coming one. You got to hear it. That's true. And uh we will have some uh, a link soon. Correct, Jack. Oh, out I have the, the, the link.
1: Um, I have the link in my email. Ooh. um, I will. I guess this I'll tweet is for it out the tomorrow. High
0: hopes night at the ballpark, August seventeenth versus Manny. Oh. Funny, Manny, Johnny Hustle Machado. How yeah. funny is that as well? So uh, There's going uh, to be a lot of a hustle fun.
1: talk that weekend. What would you say? There's going to be a lot of hustle talk that weekend.
0: Oh, buddy. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. I can't wait. So coming out of this, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll get that information out there. And my final thought, shout out to my daughter Zoe for not waking up even though uh, I yelled no, a bunch. There's I'm a lot of right passed yes. out. Did great work. If only the Phillies could perform with such grace and dignity and all that other good stuff as my daughter just did during this podcast, Jack.
1: It's 1230 in the morning. How about that? Well, I mean, like cute performance by Zoe, but all she's doing is sleeping. I just produced a Phillies game for the last, I don't know, six hours and a rain delay. And I did this podcast after. So why don't you give a final thought towards me instead instead of being so selfish towards your daughter?
0: Yeah, I have to wake up in five hours. I also have other stuff that I've done, Jack. That's what we do, Jack. We do this for the High Hopes people. Oh, I'm probably I I'm, 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 I'm probably sound insane right now. It sounds like um, you're tearing up, honestly. I actually, honestly, I do feel better. I needed to vent, and the and the only people who I know, as you always say, we got to keep it in the trust tree. I needed the High Hopes listeners to really uh-huh. let loose here and just kind of... Cathartic type of feeling. I feel much better. I do. I do. Uh, uh, and again, I do. Ultimately, like my basic thing, which I agree with you, is is like, like to not overreact to something that is, that is you know less than halfway through the season. But yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, we've had better uh, better times. Not a great stretch. But, uh, and by the way, the trust tree is a counterpoint thing. I would like to. I would like to say that I think the trust tree version of. This podcast is The Rubber Ooh. Tree.
0: Ooh, oh, I love that. That is terrific. That might be your best idea ever. Thanks. So I, this is a real rubber tree podcast yeah. here because uh, we needed it. I needed it. Yeah. Well, very fun. All right. Jack, go home and drink some beers. Yeah. I'm going to go to bed. High hopes, beautiful, wonderful listeners. Rubber tree listeners. Uh, We will talk to you guys on Monday. Until then, he's Fred's some Seltzer. See you guys. Hey, Flyers fans. It's Al Morgani here. I want to tell you about my new Flyers podcast, South Philly Sauce, along with Ashlyn Sullivan. We break down the ins and outs of the team while also bringing you the best interviews with players, coaches, and media members. You can hear the new episode every week, twice a week, on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts.